0: Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Praise the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Good morning. morning. Will you pray with me? Loving God, light of the world, take my words and speak through them. Take our ears and hear through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you, so that we may be a light to others. Amen. Amen. So imagine that you have traveled a long way to hear Jesus speak, and you're hoping that you're going to get to talk to him and maybe be healed by him because you've been suffering some disease or depression or uh, possession by demons. (laughs) Uh, He comes to you and he heals you. And afterwards, he goes up on a mountainside nearby and he begins to teach his disciples. And you stay to listen. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's the Beatitudes that we know, but then after he's done, he says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a city built on a hill, cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and gives it light to all the house." Can you imagine how wonderful that would feel to hear this being said about you? Broken and hurting, shunned because of disease or demonic possession, Jesus had just given you a new start, a new life. And he says that you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And that light shines to show others the glory of God. What would you do? What would you do with your new identity? Would you run out and tell everybody that you know about all the wonderful things, wonderful things that Jesus had done for you? Would you be a better person? Would you cry? Would you hide? Afraid of what others may think or even do to you? Jesus uses the metaphor of light and salt to tell the disciples that they're influential in the world, that they have value. Jesus doesn't say, you will be the salt of the earth, or you have within you the potential to become the salt of the earth. He says, you are the salt of the earth. The miracle of our transformation has already begun by the grace of God. Salt in Jesus' time didn't just add flavor to food. It was essential for preserving perishable items. Roman soldiers were paid in salt, thus that saying, worth your salt this salt was much more useful and valuable. It probably came from the Dead Sea, pure and unadulterated. If somehow it became contaminated, it would be less effective and would be deemed worthless and tossed aside. Therefore, Jesus uses the same metaphor to say that if his followers lost their saltiness, that they would no longer be effective at preserving and amplifying God's greatness in the world. Last week, Miss Kitty had a wonderful children's sermon where we shine the lights from our cell phones for the children to see the light shining back on them. Jesus and his disciples didn't have cell phone flashlights. They didn't have flashlights. They didn't have electricity. They didn't have matches. If you wanted to have a light in the first century, you had to work for it. You had to have flint rocks, and you had to bang them together just right to make sparks. And then had to catch fire on Tinder and then you take that little fire and you light your lamp, and once you've worked so hard to put that lamp together, you're not going to hide the light, you're going to put it up high where everybody can see it. Like the mirrors inside a lantern, we are a reflection of the light of God. Jesus' words, you are the light of the world, is him telling us that we, are, we as Christians are a walking billboard for God. No pressure, Right? We are imperfect and God knows that. But man, people expect you to be perfect when they find out that you're a Christian. It's like a magnifying glass appears out of nowhere and they start looking you over for cracks and imperfections in your billboard for God, looking for typos, for blemishes, secrets, lies, and any little imperfection. What they don't know is that those cracks are how the light gets in and out. Our sins are bought and paid for by Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ's crucifixion, knowing that humans were incapable of perfection. So when we're harassed for being associated with some Christians that don't quite seem to be on the pages of the rest of us, it is our goodness, our love, and our faith that will set us apart. Our faithfulness shines like a light for everyone to see. Our actions as individuals and as a congregation should draw others to us. We are the light of the world. We are the light of God in this world. So imagine yourself back on that mountainside with Jesus, and he says, I haven't come to abolish the laws or the prophets, and I've come to fulfill it. You might be a little confused at this point, because as we're presumably Israelites, we know that the law was the Torah. The first five books of the Hebrew Bible, or Hebrew scripture, excuse me, we know the prophets were chosen by God to speak for him. The law and the prophets together symbolized the whole will of God. They were intended to guide the people faithfully so that they could live within the will of God and enjoy God's blessings. You've heard that Jesus' observance of the law has not always been kosher. His words were not matching up with his actions. Here he defends the law in detail. You've heard that he defended his disciples for plucking grain on the Sabbath. He healed people on the Sabbath, and he defended his disciples when they failed to observe ritual hand washings. And now Jesus appears to be calling for a strict observance of the law. In his day, Jews were subject not to just the law of the Torah, but also the Mishnah, which is a commentary on the Torah, and the Talmud, which is a commentary on the Mishnah. Confused? Just wait. These scrolls held thousands of rules defining acceptable and unacceptable behavior under the Torah. Rules defining what it meant to work. So carrying a heavy load or carrying a load in general was work, but how heavy? That was something that was answered by the scribes who were lawyers. Go figure. Jesus Jesus respected the law, but he had little tolerance for the rules set by the scribes. Most Jewish people followed the law, but their observance of it was less than perfect. They observed the rules without embodying the spirit. Jesus embodied the law perfectly, fulfilling its deepest meaning, From this, we learn a great deal about oneness with God and God's will that we could never learn from the law. It is in that sense that Jesus fulfills the law and the prophets. As the amplifiers of the kingdom of God, we must be more committed to God's justice in the world than a prominent religious leader. We are beautifully created wonders filled with light, The salt in your tears and sweat is a reminder that you were created from dust and the very breath of God. Jesus looked out into the crowd of people in pain, people who had been suffering, and he saw the cracks in their billboards. And he said, you are salt. You are light. You have the light of God within you, the God whose light scatters the darkness. You're imperfect and beautiful. Jesus put his trust in you, in us. Don't wait until you feel you've met the terms and conditions of being holy. Trust that Jesus knows what he is doing, and he knows exactly who you are, that you already are salt and light and love and grace. Don't try and be it. Know that you already are. Amen.